0: This week on Talking Back, I have to give Terry a timeout.
1: Talking Back.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host Tim, and with me this week are a couple of returning guests. We have Jason and Terry back again. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Hey there, Tim. I appreciate you guys both coming again. Dean, this is another week where Dean couldn't make it. So what I love to do in these weeks is I want to insert Star Trek episodes. As many as I can. Yes. And you guys are my partners in crime here. Yep. Terry's (laughs) Terry's just finding out that he's a partner in crime. (laughs) Sounds like.
1: No, you don't have to twist my arm, Terry. Uh, Tim, edit that out.
2: No, I won't. I refuse to. I do as no. little
1: editing as possible.
2: Star Trek has so much stuff to talk about. So
0: I know, and we're yeah. going to talk about... That's a good point. You know what we're doing this week? We're doing two episodes. What? What do you mean two? Oh. Surprise! The <laughs> Surprise! One. Oh, okay. Oh, you didn't know? No. Yeah, two. Know. Oh, you didn't read the text.
1: No,
2: <laughs> reading. What's reading? That's
0: great. So Jay's going to be along for the ride for the second episode. Oh my god. What's
1: going to happen? <laughs>
0: it's good. Your input will be very interesting. How are you guys doing? Very well. Yeah? Yeah. What does that mean, very well? Uh, We're talking about Star Trek. That's true. Yeah, it is. It's a good time when we get together and talk about Star Trek. We've talked about this before. We always get together and do Star Trek marathons, the three of us. We've been doing that for years. Planning another one soon. I missed the last one. But um, this is a great supplement to our... Star Trek watching.
2: It is.
1: Yeah. Star Trek talking.
2: It takes it to another level of uh thought process behind it. We yeah. chat about it anyway, so this is just adds another dimension.
1: This fills the void between uh those Star Trek days, those Star Trek marathons.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's like a more formal way of discussing what we see and think about the yeah. episodes. Absolutely. We always just say, Oh yeah, this one's my favorite, let's watch it, or this is great, but we don't talk about why.
1: Yeah, plus I mean we're in pretty close proximity here, so I feel we can have more... We live in in, the same quadrant. (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) That that helps. That too? Just off the Delta. Yeah, no, it just encourages more intimate conversations. and uh,
0: Yeah. Okay. Then, the way that I'm starting these all off is it is stardate 73391.1. I know Terry knew that, but Jay, I don't know if you knew that.
1: Uh, wait, uh, no.
0: Terry Terry lives by the, the star date chart. <laughs> That's how he oh, he okay. knows when to get up and go to work. I've seen the map in your bedroom. <laughs> I know that. All right. So, That's as a I mentioned, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Steve. Go ahead. As I mentioned, we're going to do a couple episodes. So, the first episode we're doing is an episode called Demon. Dun,
1: dun, dun. Scary.
0: This is an. Oh, I should say, we're talking about Star Trek Voyager this week, right? That's what we talked about last time. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite. Um, I do want to get to some other series, but I'm stuck on this one right now. There's a handful of episodes I want to do. I hope you guys will play along. Eventually, I'll let you guys choose episodes. Terry, there are maybe two episodes from Enterprise I'll let you choose. That's all. <laughs> I'm just doing a theme song. <laughs> and and the intro and and doesn't again. count. The yeah, theme song not, doesn't count. Theme song is not I allowed. You we should play that over and over
2: again. So do you describe... Or am I cutting through uh, what made you choose these specific episodes over
0: different No, features? no, that's a good question, though. Um, what we do on this podcast is we talk about whatever we want to talk about whenever we want to talk about it. So the last one, um, Blink of an Eye, we did. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned on that pod- that podcast that I had seen it in the summertime. Again, I mean, I've seen it a bunch of times, but I was on vacation. It came on tv at the lake and i watched it again and it reminded me just how great that episode was so i was like you know what that's fresh in my mind that's the first one we got to do now this one this is another one i just get a feeling like i really want to talk about this and i think i may have may have watched it it may have been one that i recently rewatched, and i said you know what we got to do this next Mm -hmm. i think i mentioned it to you guys after the last podcast i said you know what these these two episodes are on my mind we'll see what happens but i'm I'm kind of feeling these two and it, it just kept going i couldn't i couldn't kick the feeling that these were the next two to do so we'll get done these we'll see what happens i actually already have another one in mind it is voyager as well terry settle down (laughs) down. we'll get to other ones as well but um i really want to do a few voyagers because it's my favorite and uh, i know you guys love it too i know you guys are big fans of the really really good voyager episodes and the
2: funny thing is uh uh segue on that uh my wife just started watching voyager and uh, I played a few other series, Next Generation, Enterprise, and Voyager's her favorite, even though she's not into Star Trek at all, and uh, um, it's, an, it's the one that she gravitated towards.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting thing, <clears throat> like, this whole, what's your favorite series, and there, I think there's probably, like, equal love for all of the series, but if you, you know, if you say the wrong, that your, your series, the series you like is your favorite, and someone else says, this one's the favorite... You know, little fists will start flying. It's subjective. Right? So it's, it's, it's a very, objective. it's a very personal it thing. It seems like, like what, yeah. which one is your favorite? Is you're right. It is subjective, but it's also very personal. Like yeah. you, people like these um, series for very different reasons, and they, they, um, they kind of touch people at different times in their lives, and different things are pulled out of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it so great. Like they're they're all great. Yeah. But it's just when are you watching it? Why are you watching it? What's happening in your life at that time? How are you? Um, What's the word?
1: Well, I no, I couldn't have said it better my, myself. I mean, it's uh, whatever you're going through in your life, whatever medium is there to help you through it. I mean, in some cases, it's Star Trek. In some cases, it could be something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, certain episodes will resonate with different people. And I mean, for me, Voyager, uh, it's all about the chemistry with the crew. All the actors that are in that show, I just, that show just has great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, the the episodes themselves that could be about anything, but I will watch those characters every day, every day.
2: And I agree. And watch uh, them interact. It's the cast, um, <clears throat> the cast, and the characters that seem to draw some people to one, but not to the other. Uh, some of it's makeup and design. Some of it's uh, um, general storylines. But uh, every episode of Star Trek, no matter which one you're watching, you're watching the same crew of five to ten people doing whatever they're doing. And if you don't resonate with any of the characters, it's harder to get into that one series over another one. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Voyager, it seems to have, well, at least uh, in people that aren't into Star Trek, uh, seems to gravitate to them a little bit more.
0: Hmm. Well put. I had something I was going to say and I forgot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have that effect on people. Terry, you beamed, you beamed the memories out of my head somehow. <laughs> How did you do that? I'm Vulcan. <laughs> or Betazoid.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, I (laughs) guess then we'll just, uh, move right into it then. So, director of this episode, his name is Anson Williams. Ring a bell to anybody?
2: The Anson part does.
0: Anson Williams. Ring a bell? No. Does this ring a bell? Monday, Tuesday, happy days.
1: No way. Really?
0: Hmm. Anson Williams played Potsy on Happy Days. No kidding. Wow. Now, Pottsy, his name on the show was Warren Weber. Hmm. But I looked this up and I was like, what in the shit? That's insane. I mean, I, I watched Happy Days growing up. Did yeah. you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I
2: Every- was young, though. I don't remember the characters that well. Of course, I remember Fonzie and all that. But, I think uh...
0: Pottsy was more of a goofy guy. But um, along with being obviously a successful actor, he hmm. directed episodes of Melrose Place, Beverly Hills 90210, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Baywatch... Charmed, Hercules, so this is Xena all, Warrior Princess, and more. This is all before
1: Voyager. This episode, or is this?
2: Oh, I don't know when. I don't know
0: the timeline <laughs> this is of, all the span of his career. This is just yeah, his career, are, the career of
2: stuff he's done. They wow. all share that half hour to hour long show uh, in the normal TV genre range. You know, pretty happy go lucky kind yeah, of shows, yeah. and uh, so it makes sense. It's not they're not far stretches. It's not like uh, um, directing uh, an HBO series like Game of Thrones or something like that. So yeah, uh, this is seems like a pretty reasonable step in his career
0: cool yeah so he did um two episodes of deep space nine okay and four episodes of voyager now i didn't know this going in but it makes sense he directed both of the episodes we're talking about oh, tonight. okay
2: good yeah i wonder if that was luck or uh i
0: think it was not luck i think it was on purpose and actually the other two that he he directed are really really good episodes what were they um well i mean I'll oh, throw it out there. The other two he did was uh, The Gift was one of them. Okay. And uh, Real Life, which was actually one of the ones that I had on the list that I really thought we should talk about because okay. it's a really interesting story about the Doctor. I love it. So this doctor. guy did four Voyager episodes, and these are all episodes I know by name because they're excellent. So...
2: That's good good resume hey
1: yeah. way to go potsy for the right. listeners out there tim's giving a thumbs, thumbs up right to the hey, mic is yeah. that
0: that's yeah. a fonzie thing that's hey, a fonzie. hey yeah potsy <laughs> right on pots <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. i don't think you're doing them uh <laughs> no i know, yeah, not, don't I'm ever I'm do that not. again no <laughs> you'll if you know
0: anything about this he podcast i either. sometimes try to do stuff and it fails miserably <laughs> so that's another example anyways we're gonna get into the story um we're going to do a pretty like deep dive of the story here. I want you guys to interrupt whenever you want. I'll try to make it not so much me just talking, but we can like uh, converse about this, but I am going to go through kind of the majority of the story here. So we we can explain to the listeners what's going on. So Voyager is running out of deuterium, which is used as fuel for the ship. Now deuterium does exist in our world. Like, terry jay and tim's world deuterium exists it's one of the two isotopes of hydrogen
2: hmm.
0: okay and that's as far as i can go with that because <laughs> the rest of it is way beyond my level of comprehension okay i tried to learn more and explain it more mm-hmm. and i was just like mm, i learned more than i don't I know did. this language yeah. i do not know the language of science mm-hmm. so
2: i'm a bit surprised that uh, there isn't more in the universe since hydrogen is the most readily available
0: <gasps> perfect terry <laughs> That comes later. That You're okay. right. Hydrogen. It, say it. You say it's it. the most uh, readily available element in the universe. Exactly. The most readily available, what do you call it?
2: Uh, element, element. Element
0: in the universe. Now, having said that, why would Voyager run out of deuterium?
2: Apparently it's a rare uh, rare isotope of it.
0: So the way that I understand Voyager and, and what they do is they have something called a Bussard collector. I'm sure you guys have heard that said before you started collector this is a device that they have on the exterior of their ship that collects interstellar particles okay it's like a harvester that's how they gather the resources to power the ship like a
2: magnet to metal
0: filings well, I don't. know. I can't uh, say if that's accurate or not. <laughs> Can you find out? I'll take, the end your of this I'll take your word for it. Take your word for it. It's a bit of a metaphor. I don't. Word. I don't remember them collecting metal filings at all.
2: <laughs> it's Dilux's job. I think we're going too literal. On this. I think
0: yeah. What they do is they, they suck particles from um like particle dense objects like nebulas or stars. Whatever they pass through, they suck all these resources in.
2: Galaxy and all world.
0: Um, yeah. So Terry, as you mentioned, the hydrogen being the most abundant chemical. It doesn't make a lot of sense here that Voyager runs out of deuterium mm-hmm. because hydrogen should be everywhere.
2: They must have done some research on it, though.
0: Well, I think I think like right off the bat, I think they might be asking a lot from us here. Okay. Um,
1: th- yeah, there was this... there was no build up to this. It's not like there were a couple episodes prior where they talked about their resources running low. Right. Just suddenly we were hit with it. Like, yeah. oh, we're low on this. And it's only this way so that the story can happen, so that the episode yep. can happen.
0: Exactly. Now they're in the Delta Quadrant. It makes sense that maybe they ran into an area that has low hydrogen particles. Yeah. Like that's very, very possible. Sure. Um, I just know that some of the backlash for this episode came for that reason. Okay. The saying like they would never run out of um, deuterium because it's so readily available. Mm-hmm.
2: It was, it was a minute thing. They could have just changed it for any other word that they made yeah, up. And it, it's, uh, uh, it wasn't uh, an important factor what, no. what term they right. used. It that's was how, just, they they ran out of some fuel.
0: That's it? how I see it. But yeah, the, yeah. the uh, Uber nerds um, <clears throat> yeah. are rallying. Against, it's inconsequential
2: against for, for exactly.
0: the story. So what we get here, though, because they do it this way, is like I love, I love the idea of this. It's that you've got this ship, Voyager, which is in the Delta Quadrant. It's nowhere near any of its star bases where maybe it could you know get resources it's like this like ship that's run out of gas. it's on the other side of the galaxy and it's run out of gas like what do we what do I do here?
1: yeah it's a it's a very real scenario like yeah it, it's true whether yeah, yeah you're, you're stranded somewhere you're running out of fuel what do we do?
0: And it's a scenario that has not been used in the Star Trek universe because Voyager is this ship on the other side of the galaxy, on the Delta Quadrant. So I guess when you're in the uh, Alpha, Beta, Gamma, you don't have to worry about running out of resources. But we don't know about the Delta Quadrant, right? Like Who knows what's over there? There could be less hydrogen. I don't know. Terry, you seem to know about the hydrogen whole thing. How much <laughs> hydrogen is there in the Delta <laughs> Quadrant? <laughs> uh, a couple of kilograms. A couple yeah, of okay. kilograms. Right? <laughs> okay. But I I like it for that reason. I like it's like this, you know, the run out out of gas story. So Voyager shuts down some areas of the ship to preserve power. They kind of, they're running in, uh, what do they call it? Grey mode. Grey mode. Yeah. Yeah. But Seven of Nine, being disobedient as she always (laughs) is, (laughs) she decides to keep astrometrics going to search for deuterium. And she ends up finding a nearby, a nearby source. It is a class Y or demon planet. Dumb dumb That, that,
1: that scene actually has one of my favorite lines uh, from her. Oh, let's hear it. It's, well, it starts with Chakotay going in there, right? He's like, shut down astrometrics. We can't spare the power. It's inefficient. And her response was, uh, efficiency is relevant. (laughs) And she just keeps doing her thing. And, uh, and she says later on something like, when faced with desperate circumstances, we must adapt. And it's just, it's a very Seven of Nine, very Borg thing to say. It just shut Chakotay down um, and started this whole chain of events
2: and then she really? pokes them in the ribs with it because she says, yeah, if we had just used n- traditional uh, methods, uh, we would never have found this demon-class planet. Yeah. 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 And I mean, uh, she yeah. makes
0: her point, right? Because yeah. they right away, like, I, as Chakotay's in there, it's like, <laughs>
2: beep, 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 yeah. Oh, uh, we found a planet. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because
0: yeah. I kept astrometrics open. So what a demon-class planet is, is it's a planet with a toxic atmosphere. And Voyager shouldn't even enter the atmosphere they shouldn't even enter orbit it's that dangerous the temperature is over 500 kelvin which is plus 226 degrees celsius so you can uh, cook your eggs do all the cooking you want but but listen they need this deuterium right this is their source this is their chance to get it so they gotta get it so they make some modifications to the ship to the shields in order to get into the atmosphere they get into the atmosphere and they do, logically, what you would try to do. They try to beam up some deuterium. And that does not work. Like their systems are exploding. And they
2: almost blew up the ship. They almost blew up the yeah. ship. Extras are flying all over the place. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right.
0: <laughs> but uh, Harry, Harry Kim, he comes up with a brilliant idea. He thinks if they modify a shuttle and an environmental suit, he could go down to the planet and mine the deuterium himself. This guy, I mean, he's always angling for that promotion right mm-hmm. <laughs> he go, he's always looking for that
2: and paris calls him on it
0: yeah so um uh harry and tom paris they go down to the planet harry he wrangles in tom right mm-hmm. tom doesn't want to go he's like yeah well maybe i can't do it alone but if tom comes with me then <laughs> then we'll be able to do if it i'm gonna die i'm taking tom with me that's right i think he's, he's constantly trying to kill tom <laughs> so they they go down they find the source of deuterium and it turns out to be this pool of silver liquid
2: at 12 degrees celsius
0: that's yep. right. That's a good point. It's yep. not like, it's not, it's not a 500 or it's or not
2: 225 yeah. degrees Celsius. Like it's like a mild,
0: nice. mildly warm liquid. Um, Harry's going to collect a sample and he ends up getting pulled in. Classic Harry. We don't right? even yeah. get
2: to see that. He just, all of a sudden, he's gone when Paris turns around. And yeah. That's where Tom turns goes.
0: around. The camera kind of falls. Tom, Harry yeah. gets pulled in. But Harry's always getting into shit. He's always yeah. getting like abducted by like women right. or something <laughs> who are trying to like.
2: Killed in a different, Take his seed different from <laughs> <Take> him. <this. laughs>
0: he's getting killed in different universes. Yeah. He's a mess.
2: If he played, if he didn't play the clarinet, uh, he'd be in better shape. I think <laughs> on this one.
0: Yeah, uh, he plays the clarinet. So many, <laughs> so many things going on with him. Yeah. So Tom looks back and he's like, "Whoa, Harry's gone." Runs over to the this pool of liquid, sees bubbles coming up. So he's like, "Oh shit!" Reaches in, finds Harry, and pulls him out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Harry's environmental suit starts to fail. And then Tom's trying to take him back to the ship. And then Tom's environmental suit fails as well. And their oxygen is failing. Um, they both end up passing out face down on the ground. Yep. So, looks bad?
1: Yeah. Uh, the They did a good job at kind of conveying the dread that this planet... You know, they, they got to this planet. Um, this demon class. Very hus- uh, hostile. And even when their suits are punctured, they're still... Tom and Harry they're still cracking jokes to yeah. each other about you know they're facing yeah. death and they're still doing their thing
2: and we can, well, there, we can talk more their about that later their suit
0: wasn't actually punctured their suits just start to fail
2: yeah right but the, they lost oxygen, and I found it funny that Paris is like, "Don't worry, I'll save you." He's like, he's all gung ho about it, and like five seconds later, he's collapsed on the ground. Yeah. yeah,
1: they do, they do have a back and forth banter that's actually really, uh, really fun to watch whenever they're both on screen. <laughs> yeah,
0: so. they're they're a fun duo. They're kind of both goofy, and they're they're like best yeah. friends on the ship, so yeah. it's a good dynamic. But they're overdue for the return, so Janeway makes the executive decision to land on the planet, land the ship on that's the planet. A strategy is very bold and go find. Tom, Harry, and collect the deuterium. Mm-hmm. So Chicote and Seven are the away team to go out and do this. So they go down there, they're looking around. is kind of on this edge of a cliff, slips and falls. That's very unlike Chicote, but he slips and falls, and he's hanging on for his life. Seven reaches over, is trying to pull him up, but not even her Borg strength is enough to pull him up. It looks like he's going to fall when none other than Tom Paris reaches down and helps Seven pull Chakotay up.
2: Wearing nothing but his thong and his and his Federation outfit. <laughs>
0: Essentially, he's in. He he's not wearing his environmental suit anymore. He's wearing his Starfleet attire. That doesn't make any sense. No, no. This is a Demon Class planet, right? Yeah. he his like his face should be melting. Yeah. So he tries to explain what happened. He says that their suits were corroding their lungs were burning they were suffocating they lost consciousness and then he came to and he looked at harry and both their helmets were off and they were breathing and they started laughing so tom he's super excited he's trying to convince chakotay and seven to take their helmets off as well <laughs> yes <Yeah, laughs> <seems laughs> right and is just kind of like all right just you know calm down calm down buddy like one step at a time here we're not you we know yours is off but we're not taking ours off yeah they go back to the ship with Tom and Harry. They Everybody beams back. And as soon as they beam back, Tom and Harry both start suffocating.
1: Right? Yes, and prior to this, uh, Harry put up a fight. To, he didn't want to leave the planet. Neither of them did, yeah. They, they, you know, Chakotay really had to kind of I guess, lay in his authority okay. to get them to leave, right? Like They it was... were like
2: kids at a pool or whatever. Like, no, I don't want to leave. Yeah, I don't, don't want to leave. leave. This, yeah, is leave. leave. So this is where I want to be. Right
1: away, you could see the difference in their characters and, and something's off. Yeah. So,
2: Yeah. And what I found fascinating, and after talking about it here, it kind of makes more sense, but they make a big issue about the air breathing situation, as you're going to probably describe in the upcoming paragraphs, uh, about how they should have died and suffocated, et cetera. Et cetera. But they don't really put a lot of emphasis on the fact that it's 225 degrees and you guys should be pretty much melting. Um, (laughs) That's true. They they don't talk about that almost at all. It's all about the air breathing and the atmosphere not being hospitable that way. But the temperature was equally uh, important in this situation.
1: Yeah, like you think... Oh, wait a minute. But that silver blood
2: was 12 degrees, right? So does that... Oh, yeah. So the air could be not so hot down there. Well, they they say that they're scanning the the air is all kind of the same and then they scan the pool oh that's only 12 degrees so when they're standing around where they're standing around I don't think it's 12 degrees I think just that pool is special and it it stayed 12 degrees everything else was in the 500 Kelvin range and uh, um, they they focused on the fact that they couldn't breathe the air or the air was a big factor in the whole episode but the temperature was also a big factor that they kind of just ignored the Well, I I
0: think the thing there Terry is that it's probably the air they're breathing, the temperature, like poisonous gases that could be corrosive to your skin. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know how many other things that are wrong with this planet for a human person. So yeah. maybe, maybe they just thought like, let's go with the most obvious, like <clears throat> the most obvious thing is if you had your helmet off, you'd immediately start to not be able to breathe like, or, like yeah.
1: maybe choke. Total recall.
0: Yeah. So maybe they thought that's going to be the most obvious to the viewers that you know if this guy's got his helmet off and he can breathe maybe these other things aren't damaging either
2: true enough okay
0: but we learn we learn later why yeah they're able to do all this right stay tuned stay tuned (laughs) has anybody left yet jay have you held your um uh, tattoo up to the microphone yet no i I have not you gotta do that every episode oh it's majestic
2: that's majestic he's rubbing this is me rubbing my tattoo i love it 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 looks so beautiful Looks like it's about to go into warp.
1: That would be a cool addition to the tattoo, actually. That like would, a would... warp field kind of <laughs> around it. That would be nice. It.
0: So, um, they're, they're on the ship and they're choking now, right? The, 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 the doctor quickly... Oh, no, no. They say beam them quickly to sickbay. Yep. Yep. So, they beam to sickbay. The doctor quickly erects a force field and fills that force field and the area with gases from the planet. Yep. And then they're able to breathe again. They start to breathe normally again. So the doctor runs some tests and he finds this deuterium fluid that they were trying to collect has now somehow entered Tom and Harry's bloodstream. And it like adapted them to survive on the planet. The doctor's prognosis is that Tom and Harry either need to be somehow cured, which he doesn't know how, or they're going to have to be left behind because they can't live on the ship anymore
2: pretty grim prognosis it is it is yeah
0: so harry goes with uh chakotay and seven back to the planet and they're gonna collect some they're gonna collect some additional information that maybe can help them figure out how to save tom and harry
2: yeah
0: and harry he starts going a bit cuckoo he he's saying some some weird shit here (laughs) he says the planet looks breathtaking yeah he says he sees 12 shades of red and gold, and the dust is glowing.
2: He's been snorting that liquid too much. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, that is exactly what I have here. I said he's been breathing too much of the gas. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting high. He says the haze is intensifying the colors. He's yeah. just full of them. Anyways, back on the ship, Janeway's doing some research with Balana into this fluid. So they have a sample of it, and they're kind of playing around with it a little bit. Some of it spills out onto Bellana's thumb and it makes a duplicate of her thumb. So it has duplicating properties.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: What's going on? I don't know. None of us know yet. Cause we haven't finished watching the episode. Right? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Back on the planet. Seven picks up humanoid life forms and they head towards them. What do they find? Terry.
2: Should I just spill the beans? Yeah. They find uh, the bodies of Harry and Tom all in their spacesuits laying face first into there, but somehow preserved. And I'm not really sure how they are preserved. <laughs> they, give, they give
0: like a one little small like yeah. line. that's just kind of the brush off line. Yeah, it, yeah, it was like kind of stasis they, they or something yeah. yeah, no, they say that the uh, the environmental suits, the safety, like the safety function of the environmental suits kept them alive. But how? So it's like not enough. <laughs> the way that I understand it is there's not enough oxygen mm-hmm. for them to like be up and moving, but mm-hmm. there's enough to keep their brains
2: going well, <laughs> well that's not that's not totally implausible they just needed to play it out because people have drowned in like frozen water right and um yep. they've been recoverable after so much time even though they have no oxygen so if they just kind of tied it into something like that it, it would have been so uh
1: and and maybe that's why the two are able to joke like they were because maybe they knew that you know we'll be okay but we're gonna be immobilized like i don't know maybe but, yeah, yeah that's a good
0: point I, actually I, because they were
1: very jokey in the face of yeah, death. Yeah, right? they really were. And they, uh, it was funny when they found the bodies, and and they're like, yeah, they're still alive, and just barely. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's all we really got. Everybody from that. rolls
2: their eyes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a plot device,
0: right? Yep. So they all prepare to beam back to Voyager. So, um, all five. Harry, Tom, face down mm-hmm. in the dust, Chakotay, seven, and this other Harry yep. who's like seeing. F- fantastic visuals on the planet he's uh, Hi, somehow harry. got his hands in some lsd back on voyager <laughs> and his beam back down to the planet anyways sorry i shouldn't have
1: said that they're, they're all waiting to be beamed they're all waiting back. to be beamed up yeah except but
0: harry starts to freak out he's yeah. like i'm, I'm not get, going back on this shit fuck the fuck that. yeah this place <laughs> is beautiful i love it here that so he runs away. Yeah. It's like they're all beaming and he runs, <laughs> he runs away like this little kid. had like a
2: containment field area where <laughs> you can only beam in the side of that. And he buggered he off. He runs away. I love He's it. Like, I'm
1: getting out of here.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm, I won't go back to the ship. I want to swim in my pool forever. <laughs> it's great. I love it. It's so funny. So that's fine. He's back. He's still on the planet. That's fine. Um, now, uh, Voyager, since it landed... All of a sudden it starts to sink into the ground. Yeah. The ground starts to turn into this silver fluid and kind of like grasp it and pull it down. So they decide to they're gonna they're gonna take off. They're gonna take off from the planet. But the more that they try to take off, the deeper they get pulled into the liquid. So that's not gonna work. So Janeway is explaining to the doctor, because her and Balana were doing this research, that this fluid has Mimetic properties that it can read the dna of whatever it comes in contact with and recreate it so i think we we realize at this point that
2: they're just clones yeah
0: the the tom and harry are clones
2: we kind of we kind of got that glimpse anyway between that thumb getting cloned and then when we saw the original two uh two Mm -hmm. crewmates still in their thing we figured it out that they're clones and uh um the doctor was just confirming it and Throwing some science principles behind, uh, behind yeah, the process. No, ab-
0: absolutely, Terry. So Janeway confronts duplicate Tom. Now he's adamant that he has to go back to the surface, right?
2: He wants to obviously
0: you want to see all those beautiful shades of red and gold. <laughs> swim in yeah. the silver pool. So, yeah, swim in the silver pool. So at the same time, Tuvok has been ordered to shoot at the surface. Now they think they have an idea of what they can shoot at this pool of liquid. To help release the ship. Mm-hmm. So Tuvok is there. He's shooting it. And it's causing physical pain to Tom, who's on the ship at that time. Yeah, he, He's begging them to stop shooting. And at the same time, Duplicate Harry, who's on the planet, contacts Janeway and says that she needs to stop. Whatever you're doing, please stop. But he doesn't understand why.
2: Yeah, neither of them do, actually. No, they don't really
0: understand what's going on, but they they realize that... that, Something's causing them pain.
2: Exactly, exactly.
0: So, Janeway beams Duplicate Harry on board so she can talk to him about this. Now, Duplicate Harry explains that he calls it the Silver Blood. We we may have called it that prematurely because this is the point where they call it the Silver Blood. Mm Mm-hmm. I may have dropped the bomb earlier. Well, the silver blood bomb.
2: We're we're describing an episode that everybody can see visually, and if they looked at it, they would agree it looks like silver blood. So it's not a far stretch.
0: Well, it's a silver liquid. Yeah. But uh, I like I like where the blood comes in because for me, it's kind of like this is maybe the blood of the planet yeah. or something like yeah, this living organism signifies life. Yeah. So that's what that's what Harry calls it: silver blood. He says, this is what he says. I I like this a lot. He says, the silver blood is alive, but it was never sentient or conscious. When it came into contact with Tom and Harry, it experienced awareness for the first time. Before that, it was only instinct, sound, light, and heat. But Tom and Harry showed it thought. I love that. That's great. That's a great description of what this liquid Mm -hmm. is and what's been happening in this episode. I agree. I agree. It's a,
2: it's a great method of uh, a tying in the whole principle of the where this episode's going the um, it's a genesis of the of a new sentient being a sentient being yeah. it's kind of like the, those those TV movies or those movies that you see where the corp the, the body of the clone maybe on the 6th day or something like that where the 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 clone has a body and it functions but it's not really alive and then somebody's consciousness goes in, and it becomes alive, and now it's something more. And that's the same theory uh, of of what it's done. Yeah, and, and it's not it's not grasping
1: a hold of Voyager. Uh, it's not being malicious towards Voyager. There's no. no ill intent. Like it, it needs them because this it's it's so new. This is life. This is like you said, yep. consciousness sent. I'm uh, messing my words here, but
0: um, welcome w- to talking back. Yeah, one of the we're, one we like to mess our words up.
1: <laughs> one of the things Harry did say is that, uh, uh, like when they're shooting them, he he just said like it's not fair, it's not fair. You know, like mm-hmm. there's there's no there's no ill intent there. It's pure. What are you doing to us? Like stop! Like yeah. we need yeah, you. They, they don't understand. They don't right? understand self-preservation. They yeah.
0: they've known nothing other than you know, the rudimentary elements yeah. like heat and light, and then yeah. all of a sudden they're given a thought and as quickly as they're given thought, what gives them thought is trying to take off and, yeah. and get out of there as fast as they can. Yeah. And this silver blood is trying to grab on and say like, no, no, we need more. Like, you, yeah. you can't leave us now. We're just, we're just coming to existence here.
2: Yeah. And this is where it shows a Starfleet B Janeway and uh, their character and their moral compass Because had this been some random Romulan or whatever, they might have just kept shooting and destroyed it and gotten the hell off the planet, right? But instead, uh, Janeway gives the open thought, okay, they're not really trying to harm us. There's got to be a better solution than just that.
0: Exactly. So Harry says that they want to learn more. That they would rather die than be alone. Mm -hmm. And it's after that, when he's saying that, and, and you kind of understand where they're coming from, this is where I feel... Like if I'm on the ship, I'm leading the campaign for the Silverblood to like to give it a chance. To give Silverblood a chance. Yep. Yep. I've got the picket sign and I'm walking up and down <laughs> yep. the corridors of Voyager so, saying give Silverblood a give Silverblood a chance.
2: You'd be the first one, they beam onto the Yeah, <laughs> I would get beamed off <laughs> right away. I'd be in the,
0: the Yeah, I'd get i get sent to the Right into the... the Silver Pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be right into the Silver Pool. Some, uh, but uh Jane Wade being Janeway, the you know, gracious mm-hmm. and um, wonderful captain she is, she realizes that there would be absolutely no problem if they left DNA samples of the crew on the planet mm-hmm. for the silver blood to copy. So she asks for volunteers from the crew who's willing to give DNA, and they do. And we end the episode with Voyager taking off. And we see a duplicate crew mm. on the surface.
2: At least dozens. We're not it, it took, sure exactly how many. I but counted.
0: It, I counted. I like to count. do my research, yeah. Oh, good. Um, it looks like a full crew complement. Well,
2: what's the full crew? A hundred and something?
0: The full crew, I think, is about like maybe 130 to 150. Okay. I counted about so 120 and it was a bit of a blurry picture you know oh, i like to man, roll in 4k ne- nowadays <laughs> this was a, this is this is what like 720 maybe yeah. or 480 even Ne-Lex so it was deep in his knee like busy making awful coffee <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah it looked like a full crew compliment okay so i think i wanted to count because if if i could count like 25 mm-hmm. then you there's yeah then there no no i just want i wanted to count because if there is only 25 that means that a lot of the crew didn't agree yeah. and i thought that was an important uh, factor like did the whole crew agree or did only some of them agree yeah but i think what they're trying to tell us by the number of people that were standing there was that you know what everybody for the most part agreed to give their dna sample so the whole crew has been duplicated yeah. and is now on this planet
2: there wasn't much to lose as a crew member you know not really you're
0: you just know? giving like a blood sample or something yeah. right yeah donating blood
2: yeah you're not it's not like you're raising the children of yourself kind of deal You're yeah. just giving up samples
0: yeah it's like, yeah, you're giving birth to yourself.
2: Yeah. In a weird way.
0: In a weird way. <laughs> just by giving blood. Sounds good, though. Go for a swim and another one comes out. <laughs> <laughs> so, thoughts on that episode? Anything that we missed you wanted to say?
1: Yeah, you know, during the during all of this, um, there is some comic relief.
0: There's right. always comic relief in Voyager. Yeah, that's, that's one of the awesome things I love.
1: Yeah. And the comic relief in this case is as they're shutting down parts of the ship to confer- conserve power... Neelix is trying to look for a place to sleep. Oh uh, yeah. You yeah, know yeah. him and a few other crew members. Of course. And he pitches the sick bay and uh, Janeway agrees cuz they got to keep the power there on anyway. Yeah. And of course it's colliding with a doctor because the locked doctor likes his personal space and there's a line that he uses uh he but the he, doctor uses. Yeah, he vents to Janeway about how Neelix is turning sickbay into his own personal flop house or something. <laughs> and, just, and there's a lot of back and forth there, which I thought was really great. And um, you, that goes on
0: for the whole episode. It goes on for the yeah. whole
1: episode, despite all this tension happening on the planet and everything with with Kim and whatnot. Uh, but at the end of that, there's a there's a part in the episode where someone sick does come in. There's an emergency, and and. And immediately Neelix is up and he's getting everyone out. He's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you can tell the doctor kind of feels like, yeah, all right, get out of Mm -hmm. here. But then Neelix thanks him. And he says, anytime you need a place to stay, you know, you're welcome in mine." blah, blah, blah. And it just kind of changes the doctor's... You can see something switches there. Like he feels...
0: Well, I think he realizes that Neelix is not like against him or trying to be malicious towards him. Like Neelix was legitimately looking for a place to sleep. And yep. he brought um, maybe a handful of people into mm-hmm. sick bay too, right? But um, they're in gray mode, so they had to shut down a lot of areas. Yep. So there weren't a lot of areas to sleep. And you know, Neelix thought, you know, this would be a good place to sleep. There's bio beds you can sleep in. And at one point, um, they're arguing in sick bay, and Chakotay comes in. He's like, you know, what are you guys arguing about? And the doctor's like, well, you know, Neelix wants to sleep in sick bay, and Chakotay's <laughs> like, well, we are short on beds, so I think that's a good idea. Yep. And that's how Neelix gets in there. But um, yeah, that's a great point because as soon as Neelix is required to leave, he just—he's the first to get up and say, "Like everybody, get out right now!" Like there's a sick person coming in, and yep. um, you know, he—he's not being malicious at all. No, and it kind of looked like he was being, but he—he's not my, being.
2: My favorite part about the whole, maybe the whole episode, but the whole series of scenes is Neelix basically says, "Thank you, doctor. If you ever need a place to stay, you can come stay with me." And instead of saying, having the doctor say, "Oh, that really means a lot to me," and and gushing about it. The doctor just gets a look on his face, as if, mm-hmm. uh, as if um, he's shocked, but moved and warm hearted. Well, device. because and you could see from his look on his face that it's done something to him. Rather than them bashing us over the head with him gushing about uh, how he feels, you know, right?
0: Because while Neelix is not being malicious, the doctor is being malicious. Yeah, yeah. He, he's or like, spoiled anyway. Well, no, he's he's purposefully being rude, trying to get Neelix and the others out of his sick Right? Yeah. He's he's not, and it's an interesting. Um, interesting thing for a doctor who's supposed to be compassionate Mm -hmm. is trying to chase these people out of his sick bay in a moment of crisis because he's feeling inconvenienced.
2: Uh, There's a little bit, I think there's a slightly more uh, or side element to it. I don't think the doctor was necessarily being malicious. It's not like, okay, Neelix and them were going to go burn on a different side of the ship or freeze to death. He just, like, saw them as an inconvenience. Like, this is his life. This is where he sits up, and now somebody's encroaching on it. It had been the difference between, oh, they're going to have to sleep in in an open airlock where they're going to die. Immediately, he would have been more... uh, compassionate about it but here he just saw him as an inconvenience and didn't think about what they're going through instead of right uh, he's he's being uh, spoiled right like spoiled about it, it
0: everybody now. else is is giving up um, what we saw earlier in that episode at the very beginning is when they go in gray mode um, Neelix is walking the halls and Tuvok stops him and Neelix has <laughs> one thing with him he has his comfort blanket and he, <laughs> he says I don't go, I don't like go that, anywhere yeah. without this yeah, and yeah. Tuvok says look you can't bring that we don't have room Everybody is making concessions. You have to as well. So then you get the doctor who's got this giant room with beds and he's not making any concessions at all. And this is kind of a bit of a story of him learning to make concessions, right? And the funny
2: part is the doctor... Doesn't need to exist in the in the in the. Yeah, you can like, just pay, turn the doctor off. He can be in whatever limbo that he. Actually, that's in, right. Yeah, he yeah. says we can turn your program off and save power. <laughs> that's yeah. how the doctor
0: agreed to it. He's like, "Yeah, actually, we can just turn you off and save yeah. power, and then Nelux can have the room." And then yeah. the doctor is quickly like, "Yeah, okay, actually, yeah, Nelux can stay here." It was
2: very much like two siblings. One's got uh, two popsicles and wants them both, and the other one wants to have one. You know, yeah. it's kind of that that uh, mentality.
1: The uh I'll, really quick one last thing I just wanted to mention this. This episode really focused a lot on uh, Kim and Paris, like Kim yeah. and Tom. Yeah, their their friendship, their relationship, and especially near the beginning, there was a lot of focus on Kim, as if he was growing as a character. You know, he yeah. stood up to Tuvok on the bridge. He, and even when they're having their banter in the hallways and they're going to the turbo lift, the way that turbo lift scene is shot, there's a slow zoom. I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's a slow yeah. zoom happening on both of their faces as they're okay. talking, well, I didn't yeah. spot it. and it's filmed as if this they're is growing. the last time they're, growing they're either in that growing or maybe this is the last time we're going to see these two. Sure. Like I, it's it's a really interesting way to to film it, and um, I noticed it right away. It was really cool.
0: The one other thing I want to throw in real quick, Jay. Thank you for bringing up that whole Neelix thing because that was something I wanted to talk about, but I just about jumped over that. The one other thing I want to say is Bolana in this episode. Um, when Tom is down on the planet and he's missing. Oh, yeah. um, at this point in the series, season five, uh, Tom and Bolana are an item. <clears throat> They've been dating for a while. So she's very concerned about him. And she asks Chakotay to take Seven down to the planet with him. Now, in the series, Balana and Seven Rash often hands. butt heads. Yep. And B'Elanna does not like Seven, um, does not like her methods. But this is the first moment where she kind of gives credit to Seven That we've seen in this series saying, look, please take her down because she is probably the most capable of helping you. Sure. So she concedes at that moment, like, yes, we need... We need this help, and and please take yeah. Seven.
1: So yeah, and it, and it was great advice because Seven ended up saving Chakotay on the planet. Yeah. Seven, so.
2: Seven, Seven's. I always seen um, Seven a little bit like Data on Next Generation, um, even Spock on the original series. She's kind of the one you want when you need logically to put something together. And Tuvok does that a lot also on uh, on Voyager.
0: All right. Well, that's the end of our first episode. So we'll take a quick break here, and we'll be back shortly
1: time for break
0: all right let's get into our second episode called course oblivion What a couple of great names for episodes, Hey, That's such a damn good name. (laughs) Course Oblivion?
2: They're both very uh, demoralizing. uh, um...
0: This one, Season 5, Episode 17, aired on March 3rd, 1999. Did I forget to say when the first episode aired? Yes. Yeah,
1: so that was Season 4, Episode 24.
0: I'm I'm going to guess it was like a a, a
1: year ago. About a
2: year mm-hmm. earlier.
0: The first episode was season four, episode 24, aired May 6th, 1998. Yeah, almost a
2: year. This ago.
0: episode, season five, so we're the next season, episode 17, so maybe 18 or 19 episodes later, aired on March 3rd, 1999. So about, mm-hmm. so it's 10 months later. Mm-hmm. So, once again, as we mentioned before, same director, Anson Williams. Now, this show intros with the wedding of Tom and Bellana, And it's did, fairly dull and corny.
2: Did they lead <laughs> up to that, the episodes before that? They, I don't did, not. So they did not. So just all of a sudden they're getting yeah. married. All of a, of a sudden, sudden they're dating, getting married.
0: But... We know they're dating. All of a sudden they're getting married. Now, in this whole procession, nobody notices that the rice being thrown is falling through the floor. And it's falling into the Jeffreys tubes. And the Jeffreys tubes were all like, Fucking wavy looking and really cool. Oh,
1: I think I remember this episode now.
0: Yeah, oh, I think. Okay, I mean, I'm yeah, sure you've yeah. seen this before, but you were supposed to rewatch this for the podcast. You already got fifty percent on your homework. Jay, yeah, oh, you're yeah. not going to get a hundred percent on this one. god Damn it! Although C- you might minus, actually. You can shoot
1: for. Hey, I'm a C minus student.
2: I don't. Know
0: Maybe about. you'll have the best perspective by not remembering what okay. happened. Okay, all right, let's see. So that's how so, you
2: succeed in this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this
0: that's right. The uh the effect that they are using is really cool. I'm actually gonna post um, an image of the Jeffries tubes on Instagram when uh this podcast releases, just so you can kind of see like how cool this wavy, like the yeah. wavy like what they're doing with the ship looks.
2: Yeah, it is really uh it's neat for, especially for the day. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. So Voyager has found a new enhanced warp drive that will get them home in two years. So this is season five, so I'm guessing they're probably still 30 to 40 years away.
2: And did they lead up to that part about being only 2 Terry, years
0: away? Terry, I'm just going to stop all your questions here. <laughs> they didn't lead up to anything. Oh, okay. Right? They didn't lead up to anything. I was
2: a bit surprised to know that they're only 2 years away from that. That's us. a
0: huge deal. So they've got a uh, they've enhanced their warp engine to get home in 2 years. Really cool. Um B'Elanna, she's going to be going on her honeymoon, so she's showing 7 of 9 how to work the new warp core because she won't be around for a couple weeks. Now a small issue comes up and they both go to check it out. They're crawling through the Jeffrey's tubes and they pop open one of the doors and see this wavy kind of crazy shit that's going on. And Seven scans it with the tricorder and realizes that it's losing its molecular
1: molecular density. Its Cohesion. Yeah, cohesion.
0: It's losing its molecular cohesion. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So guess what? Honeymoon's off. <laughs> right? Yeah. They got a major problem. So all the department heads get together, as they often do. And Bolana is explaining that the warp field that this new enhanced warp drive is creating is emitting some, some sort of form of subspace radiation, and it's affecting Voyager's infrastructure. So this magic enhanced warp drive is too good to be true (laughs) Mm -hmm. right
2: hey got them within two years of the alpha quadrant
0: well they were i guess i don't know if they're it's going to take them two years so they haven't gotten two years away yet but if they continue at like their max speed it'll be two years so balana goes back to her quarters and tom later comes in and finds her shaking on the floor
2: and she just realized she married Paris. probably yeah, probably
0: i was wondering how long <laughs> it would take for a, a balana tom joke to happen it took
1: too long it took too long should have been earlier seconds i've been trying to hold back i really have i
2: yeah. it was by the way when uh, harry kim was playing the clarinet on the wedding it was the most sad and pathetic song I ever <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it's like a like, uh,
0: funerals yeah. funerals track
1: i've never bought that love uh no never never bought them as a couple nobody buys into that
0: No, I mean, everybody can buy into the Tom loving Bellana, but it's hard to buy into Bellana loving Tom. That's the problem that I have. I think
2: Harry loves Tom.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they love each other. But (laughs) Tom finds her and she's got like this weird discoloration on her Mm -hmm. face. So he rushes her to sickbay and there's already a, a few other crew members there with the same type of issue. And they're lying in the bio beds and the doctor says that they have an epidemic on their hands. He calls it acute cellular degradation. So the same way that the ship is breaking down, people are... Yeah, the crew is also breaking down. I guess it's affecting the engineering crew um, the most because they were closest to the warp drive.
2: Yeah.
0: The, the entire crew are also showing signs of decay. So nobody's like
2: nobody's not indeed. affected.
0: So they start to investigate, like, what could be going on here? And guess what? Neelix is onto
2: something. You know the episode's not going well and Neelix figures it out. (laughs) Exactly. I was going
0: to say, has Neelix ever been on to anything? Has he ever figured anything out?
2: No. No. No, literally.
0: he explains to Chakotay and Tuvok that he has some vegetables. He's got particle accelerators, trilithium ore samples, and a keg of Azaria ale, which are all free from this decay. Now, how bad do you guys want to try Azaria ale? I kind of do. I Mm. badly want to try
2: that. Do you have some? No. I, can
0: you get some? I don't think I can. Um, I do have normal beer, um, but not a Zarya ale. Now, these items, interesting, they were all brought on board over the past few months. Hmm. Mm. Mm. plot thickens a little. Yep. Mm. Is this episode ringing any bells for you yet, Jay?
1: Yeah, so yeah, it's. Uh, I'm I'm trying to hold back, but I it's ringing a lot of bells. I do remember the episode. Okay, uh, and I have a big smile on my face right now. Definitely one of my favorites. So I'm glad oh, we're talking. about. You know about
0: where it. it's going. Yeah. So Tuvok says that it seems that anything they've brought on board over roughly the last eight to ten months is immune of this degradation. So something apparently happened to the ship months ago that's causing this decay. Mm-hmm. They start to backtrack where they've been over the past months to try to locate a certain event that may have happened that could have caused this issue
2: incidentally that's probably one of my favorite parts of the this episode is like this
0: investigating that when they're
2: investigating they go through all even the scenes that we don't know about that they just kind of made up on the fly there uh it was really cool the way they kind of oh well that couldn't be it because of this or that couldn't be it because of this and they keep going until they figure out what wasn't
1: it all things that the audience just we don't know about like weren't they just spouting missions and things that but it's plausible
2: because they did a lot of things and we're we're only chimed in on certain adventures you know we're not always Mm. chimed in on every adventure but uh it was very plausible i liked the way they did it uh i'm a big fan of like things like sherlock holmes where they, they got to deduce and figure out uh from clues and uh that's exactly what they did in this case
0: yeah that that's true that was a good um a good part, and yeah, I don't think we knew about any of this stuff. It was all just new stuff. Like they're like two weeks ago, we visited this place and we got this, and they're like, yeah. "Well, that couldn't have been it." Well, a month ago, we were at this planet and this happened, and but none of none yeah. of those were were parts so, of the, yeah, the, the show. Yeah, they tried to
2: get Voyager to join their armada or whatever. Yeah, and it's like, what? It yeah. sounded really and, cool. Yeah, and you guys could have probably attested to this uh, sooner. I think I watched these episodes out of turn uh, way back in the day, but. We went from Demon, which was season four, episode twenty-four, to season five, episode seventeen, and there was no way to know that uh, other than the fact that we're talking about both of them side by side that they're linked in anyway. Whoa! So what, spoiler alert. Uh, well, we kind of gave you spoiler you're alert. Cut off, Terry, you're cut together.
0: off, Terry. You're cut off. Nevertheless, beep, beep, there was. Beep. This is Terry reversing <laughs> the truck. <laughs> beep, beep. Uh, Terry, I was th- there <laughs> many, Hi, Terry, 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 what, what, Terry?
2: I need to. Terry, here.
0: I think we're done. <laughs>
2: But there's 18 episodes. In yes, between.
0: many episodes and almost a year. We'll get back to your point soon, Terry. Soon. Soon. How soon? Unfortunately, one of the jobs I have is to cut people off when they're getting too far ahead. Aww. And Terry, my friend, you have been cut off. <laughs> <laughs> so Tom, he goes to visit B'Elanna, who's in bay. She's not doing so good. Right? Now... We like to joke about their relationship, right? We make lots of jokes, but we do get a really nice moment here because B'Elanna is very sick and they're supposed to go on their honeymoon and Tom goes to sick bay and he breaks down like the honeymoon that he had programmed in the holodeck for her.
2: sounded great for him, but I don't think she would have liked it anyway. (laughs) No, but she
0: was liking it, right? Like it it didn't sound very interesting to me. He's like Chicago in the 1940s or something. You can can make whatever you want and he chooses like... Mm -hmm that i wouldn't choose that but he he loves it and she was very much on board with it she was very yeah. excited for it and then she m- like moments later passes away
2: yeah turns into
0: the whoa, 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 whoa whoa terry settle down <laughs> what in the hell terry okay terry you've got a five minute break timeout it's five minute timeout i'm just gonna tap my foot no no five minutes five minute timeout time okay yeah, I, th- I just thought this was very emotional. Like it's uh, like bolana has died here. She's she's passed away, right? Now you assume that she's not dead because this is one of the main characters of the show. Mm. So they're not going to kill her, but something's going on. And whenever they kill, like even fake kill, you kind of get those feelings. Like this is a character that you care for and love and now they're dead, right? And you, you do get like a bit choked up about it. Yeah.
1: Am I the only one?
2: No, I,
1: I, I, um, looking back at it, uh, I, I remember getting choked up off of her performance. I think she did a good job. She does a good job. Yeah. I, I, I think Tom did it. I mean, I, I don't believe anything that really comes. I, I, I I, I don't think (laughs) he he, he, he can't convey emotion. He can't convey loving. Like from that scene, from what I remember, uh, Bilana was the star of that scene. Tom was just noise. Um, <laughs> because I felt her passing. I felt like yes. her watching her go, and, and that was emotional for me. Yeah. Um,
0: Tom has one emotion. Whatever it is love, comedy, I, sadness, I, humor. I, he always looks the same.
1: Yeah, like I don't. I mean, I, think, I don't even know if he cried in the scene or not. Like I think oh, he, no, tried he, no. he's <laughs> he tried to. He incapable of crying. Somebody stabbed him with a needle and he still <laughs> But, but it it wasn't it, thankfully Belana was um, you, you felt her emotion and, and what You want
0: to see Tom her. cry? You scratch you you scratch his Delta flyer.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: Cry. Then you'll see real tears. Yeah.
2: I foresee the future that you're not allowing me to see, foresee. But Robert, <laughs> we're Duncan, at like two Patrick, minutes out of
0: the five, Terry. You're not even
2: Duncan Patrick or whatever the, the the actor that plays him. He's probably listening to this podcast as it goes on. <laughs> Jay's gonna meet him at a comic con, and uh, as soon as he finds out, it's gonna be the end of that. It's
0: okay. He's. I've met him before. He's a very nice guy. He seems very, very, very nice
1: guy.
2: He's a good director too. He oh yeah. Directs, he directs Chuck. I'm into oh, watching Chuck again. And he okay. directs like episode after episode of Chuck.
1: Oh, show. interesting. Guys, stop leading him on. Okay? okay, you're giving him false
0: hope. Okay. Listen, listen, guys, <laughs> listen, listen. The investigation, the Chakotay and Tuvok investigation, takes them ten months back mm-hmm. to a Class Y planet called. The Demon Planet. Ah. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> See what we did there, listeners? See what we've done here with these episodes? Or rather, hear, hear what we've done. Hear what we've done here. We've connected a couple episodes. Indeed. That you knew five minutes ago when Terry started dropping in the beans. I thought, dropped, they, I I the thought beans. they knew when
2: we connected them on the same <laughs> podcast.
0: It's okay. No, they didn't. They had no idea. Oh. Uh, listen, Tuvok <laughs> says... He often wonders about that duplicate crew. Are they flourishing and evolving? Do they still resemble them? We see Chakotay and Tuvok go to sickbay where the doctor is with B'Elanna's body. Tuvok says they have a disturbing theory. And after the doctor scans B'Elanna to find some curious compounds, Chakotay asks the doctor to inject the body with a dichromate catalyst. And B'Elanna's body... As Terry so delicately put it, (laughs) melts away into some sort of a goo. (laughs) But what that goo is, is the silver blood. Yes. Balan is a duplicate. Furthermore, Terry, let us have it.
2: Have what?
0: (laughs) Let us have it. Balan is a duplicate and...
2: I don't want to spill any more beans. No, it's okay. Well, it's, well. It's,
0: we're in a safe environment now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're there.
0: We're at the spot. I don't know how
2: far we're ahead I'm allowed to go.
0: Everybody. They're all duplicates. Yeah, we are watching. Well, do the, we know
2: that at that time? We
0: do. Yeah. The, we're, the, we're, we're watching the duplicate the, crew. We're watching yeah. the duplicate crew.
2: And um, I'll let you go further with your uh, analysis before I
0: Okay, the next then I'll part. just go a little bit further and then you can chime in here. I think this is super fucking cool. It is. Because what we've got here is... This episode, Demon, aired ten months earlier, and Chakotay and Tuvok's investigation takes them ten months into the past. So we're dealing with like a real time event here mm-hmm. of when they became duplicates. And have we been following the duplicate crew for the past eighteen episodes? Has it been their their journey? Has it been I think it's been the duplicate cruise journey for these past 18 episodes
1: when I first saw that that's the first thing that came through my mind like
2: is this what we were watching Um, but we don't know we don't know but
0: I mean I think that's what's going on I was
2: led to believe otherwise because remember when I kept asking the questions did what did any lead up to this did they tell us why they're two years away they got this fancy warp drive and everything like that. And no the, we didn't know about a fancy warp drive we didn't know about any of it so it made me believe that we weren't following this specific crew the whole time that this is a, a new standalone episode about this specific crew but they were
0: just talking about a whole bunch of different events that we didn't know about anyways yeah right but, this this enhanced they were this enhanced warp core just happened right like they were kind of just celebrating this but, this warp core like it it, it they could have gone they had to build this remember. Mm-hmm. So they it took it would have taken them some time to build this warp core.
2: The most interesting thing about this whole comparing crews is the fact that the real voyager is still 20 years away from the alpha quadrant whereas this fake voyager with all their all their information, figure out how to get there in two years. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like I think they, that's
0: really cool. They, they, I think they, it's they really out-surpassed cool.
2: They out the real Voyagers. That's a
0: happened. really interesting point. Like, I really think that's neat that this, this, like, duplicate crew Step has these it. extreme accomplishments yeah. that they've been able to do, right?
2: And it would have been amazing them getting Well, where are you back. going? Would
0: have been. Would have been makes me think that you're about to jump ahead to something. <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't do that. Just whisper what you're going to say in my ear.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you tried that before. Okay.
0: So listen, the duplicates have all the memories of the originals. What do you mean we tried that before? Wait a second. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't, I don't know what that means. I just wanted to see
2: how long it okay. took to jump in on
0: it. Okay, the duplicates have all the memories of the originals. So apparently sometime after they left the demon planet, they forgot who they really were and took on these memories and assumed the role of the Voyager crew. And now their main purpose is to get back to Earth. So that's what they're trying to do.
1: And we know that uh, the ship is clearly a duplicate because it got stuck yep. in that goo. Yes. In, in Demon. So exactly.
0: So it somehow I, was able to... Uh, copy the ship. Copy the ship. Yeah. So when they built this enhanced warp drive, they thought they were humans. So they built the warp drive to be safe for humans, mm-hmm. but they're not human. So that's why the warp drive is degrading their, their bodies. Yeah duplicate Janeway, she still wants to complete the mission to Earth. She feels deep down that she is still Catherine Janeway. Now, I find this very interesting. I feel like the real Janeway, at this point, probably wouldn't want to pursue going to Earth, but rather want to pursue saving the lives of the crew. What makes you
2: think she would do differently than this Janeway? Because the 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 the
0: real Janeway always puts the life of the crew first. Mm -hmm. So, the, the crew right now is in danger there have been several deaths yes they're degrading and dying but this Janeway all she can think about is let's go forward let's go you know enhance warp drive let's <coughs> cruise to mm-hmm. Earth that's cruising to um, excuse me here but this is course oblivion you're going to you're going <laughs> to nothing right you're not if you make it to Earth you're still dead mm-hmm. right because what they need to do is get back to the demon planet where their bodies will readjust and they won't be degrading anymore. Normally Janeway would be looking out for the crew. In my opinion, she'd be like, look, how do I keep this crew safe? That's most important. Okay. We have to go back to the demon planet. Let's go. But she won't give up this Catherine Janeway. We need to make it back to earth motif that she has.
2: I thought it was very plausible that she would have it, but I'm with you on that. The Catherine Janeway on every episode of anything Voyager was, how do I keep the crew safe? And going to Earth wasn't the course of safety. Yeah. Uh, in fact, at the degradation stage that they were going, they had two years to go. Like, that's a long time oh, to yeah. go when you're degrading and losing people. They're degrading uh, quickly, right? Uh, left, right, and center. I, so. I
1: think the news that they were a duplicate crew, she was probably holding on to a little piece of humanity oh, yes, that she could that's have. That's a very good point. So her, her blinders were on, right? You're, you're yeah. right. Real Janeway would have you know emotions that have decision, a way of of clouding our judgment yeah she you know. was almost in de- in denial that this was
0: yeah. so chicote's mm-hmm. pleading with her that they are not the voyager crew like they're copies yeah they're not human like going to earth is not their mission mm-hmm. so like don't worry about that they need to go back to the demon planet so they can be safe yeah now this dynamic it keeps going for a while in this, in this episode this um this battle between Chakotay and Janeway.
2: I agree. They, with they keep going
0: back yeah. to it. It's like Chakotay is like, look, we need to go back to the demon planet. That's who we are. That's where we will be safe as a crew. And Janeway is like, I have, like, I feel like I am Catherine Janeway. I have to do the things that Catherine Janeway does because that's who I am. So we need to continue on to Earth. And obviously, being the captain, they continue with Janeway's plan. Um, it's kind of at this point where you start to notice that the crew are looking real busted.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like
0: their their faces are like melting. It looks like (laughs) they've had They've it looks like got the like
2: silver goo on their face a bit too, like, but
0: it looks like like a mucus or like yeah, a, a. Especially Kim, a, they're all like getting their faces are looking real bad, and they're they're starting to talk slower and like even move yeah. slower. Like they're really getting seven
2: and nine does a great up. job of acting the scene. I don't know which part of the, the episode, but she's starting to show the effects, and she the, the um, Jerry O'Ryan uh, does a great job of so she's Jerry, tw- Jerry Ryan Jerry Ryan sorry uh, you she's made like her a-
0: uh, you made her Irish
2: well she <laughs> kind of could be <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Chief O'Brien she, she, she's like 25 years old or something in the show in real life like and uh, in phenomenal shape and then if you watch her walking around she's watching walking a little stooped and like mm. more elderly looking without drawing attention like in a I never noticed way that. and uh, she does a good job of looking geriatric even though she's uh prime of our life kind of deal right mm-hmm. so um, that was a nice subtle touch that she did because every other motion that she, when she's walking around normally she's like very very purposeful very fast yeah. very lithe uh, or lethal. um and uh, in here it, she did a good job of, of showing her degradation itself mm-hmm. hmm. If cool. it was written on her face too but uh,
0: yeah so Janeway's meeting with the doctor and he says he hasn't found any solution for this but he has an idea he says they should seek out the real Voyager. He thinks if they found the real Voyager, that they could sample the crew's DNA and imprint it onto the duplicate's mimetic pattern. What happens is Tuvok contacts Janeway because he's actually found a class Y planet that's very near to them, that they can go and land on and, mm. and live. But what happens is when they're heading down into orbit, a mining ship comes up and says, like, you're invading on our territory and starts to attack them. And while Voyager could have easily destroyed that ship, we have the Janeway who is still very much um, Janeway with like Starfleet regulations and the Prime Directive and stuff like that and says she wasn't about to kill those people for no reason because they haven't done anything wrong. They're just protecting their their planet. So she says, Mm -hmm. look, we still have to be who we are. So they turn around and they leave. So they can't. And they don't have that class Y planet that anymore. That was the
2: least surprising thing because look at the, when the caretaker brought them all the way back in the first episode, she made the choice to save the Okampa instead of sending themselves back to uh, uh, Delta or the Alpha Quadrant. So that was always in her character to do stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So Chakotay has one final argument left in him. He's he's again arguing Earth isn't home, and then he passes away. Now, this is the final blow to Janeway that she needed to realize that Chakotay was right. He was right. She loses, like, her number one, and she orders them to turn around, turn on the enhanced warp drive, and set a course for the demon planet.
1: And that, that for me, was another emotional scene when she comes out of her quarters, ready room, and she's moving slowly, not because of of what's happening to them, but... She's in mourning, like she's leaning on two box counter. She, you can tell she doesn't know how to, how to say it, and and it's just it was a really slow moving scene of her getting back to the chair. Yeah, feeling the weight of what had just happened,
2: the weight of the decision she
1: has to make,
0: and the weight of this like
2: degradation that's yep. happening to their bodies. Yep. this was a tough episode to watch in general because you have all these characters you care about, and even though you know these are. Aren't technically them. You're seeing them all die in hundred percent. These yeah. are
0: characters you know and love. Yeah, and even though you you know they're not the real ones, they're still dying. They're still they still have these characters they're the same attributes. Character, and it's, it's just like
2: not the same exact person.
0: It's like the emotion with a small caveat at the end that you know they're actually not dying. Yeah, but it's like here, play with this emotion a little bit. Like, how would you feel if they all died, right? And it. It's sad, right? You feel bad, but it's... but also, sorry, Jay. No, okay. I was gonna say, but also, it's not just that they're duplicates, but it's like this; is, these are individuals as well. Like they have had successes, yep. right? They have done amazing things,
2: and arguably more amazing than the real Voyager, possibly the, the yep. warp
0: core, and uh, and yeah. they're struggling, and they're they're gonna die here. So I'm gonna keep going with the story here, mm-hmm. Janeway wants all the crew logs and records placed in a time capsule so their accomplishments won't be forgotten. So like we're saying, they've they've done amazing things and Janeway wants to capture that. She wants someone to realize like mm-hmm. this crew existed. Whatever they were, whatever they, they are, they existed and they did great things. Now this is a... I love this moment. The ship encounters some interstellar dust. Oh yeah. And their ship is so beaten down at this point that dust just about destroys them. Yeah. Like at the last minute, Kim is able to like purge this dust. Barely. But they bare like this was just about the end of the episode. They just about exploded because, d- because of
1: dust. Yeah. So they are in one shape. Point. That was, that was a good line from Janeway too. What did she say? Uh, it was like, we've come too far to be stopped by dust. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I, yeah. So, that <laughs> would
2: have been a sad irony if that was it. <laughs> that yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it was just
1: a, that was probably, that line was probably the only piece of comedic relief in the whole episode,
2: looking oh. back. No, no, the, there's, I, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead of the, where they're talking to the crew. No, I'm jumping slightly yeah, ahead. But, well, let's hold uh, on.
0: I want to get to the story okay. here. Immediately after that, after her line there, she she passes away too. Mm-hmm. So she's dead. Okay, as well. so
2: sorry to interrupt. I just want to bring that comedic thing because that happened before this. So they're having the board meeting, right? And the doctor's gone because his program broke down because of this uh, uh, this problem. And she looks over at Neelix because Paris, I think, is gone too. And she looks over at Neelix. Uh, you're now the new medical officer. The look on his face was priceless. He's like, "Well, I uh, got trained for a field medic once or something, yeah. like that, right?" And I, I laughed because you look at Neelix and like he's the least qualified to be the, the medical officer she looks at him like yeah you're the logical choice yeah and exactly I, I thought that was just just whatever's left right yeah <laughs> i'm like why bother that's that your point?
0: pool to choose from is <laughs> yeah there's basically there's ba- probably nobody else yeah right? and neelix
2: knew he was defeated before he started
0: yeah so janeway is gone kim is now the acting captain 80 percent of the ship is uninhabited most of the crew are gone they have 10 hours of air remaining but they've got this time capsule ready. somebody will find this time capsule, and there'll be memories of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They're trying to launch it. And the launch mechanism fails as well. And this probe just gets destroyed
2: mm-hmm. in
0: the process of launch. So all of their accomplishments have now just fizzled, fizzled their history. Everything they've done gone. They detect a vessel. It's Voyager. The real one, a real one. So I'm getting excited here. Mm-hmm. So we're finally finding Voyager, which is like this beacon of hope. I'm feeling like something is possible. Can, is possible. They can help them back to the planet or something.
1: At this point, I'm on the edge of my seat because I'm, I'm rooting for this crew to find the real Voyager. Like, Yeah, you feel it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Kim orders that they drop out of warp. Seven tells him the ship won't be able to take that. He says contacting Voyager is their only hope. And they do it, and it ends up destroying their ship. Yeah. So we see Voyager, the real Voyager drop out of warp right where this signal is, but all they see on the viewfinder is a giant mess of this silver blood.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it really quickly like dissipates into nothing. And Janeway says to make a note in the ship's records that they received a distress call, the ship was destroyed, cause unknown, no survivors. They don't and even that know they what should it was. they should
1: resume their course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't even and know what it was at all. They no, don't. That's the end of it. Only the, the audience, only we know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we we want to scream it to Voyager and say to try to, but we can't, right? Like, and they, Voyager they can't. Just, they
0: can't figure it out. Like it no. turns when when it explodes, it turns into that silver blood. They pick up. They do pick up. They're like, there's traces of like deuterium, deuterium right. and uh, this all, all, these other um, com- uh, compounds that they know from that planet, but like they don't think anything of it. It's been 10 months, right? And everything kind of dissipates really quick. They don't think anything of it. So what a conflicting episode because you end the episode with the real Voyager crew showing up. So you're happy. You're like, okay, well, this, is, this was not real. Nobody died. This crew can continue on. But we've watched all of our favorite characters die in this episode and suffer kind of the worst fate. And even though it's not real, like we've experienced those emotions, mm-hmm. right? And it's just, I'm just left with like mixed emotions at the end of it. Like I, I love the episode. It's it's so cool, such a cool idea. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's definitely a mixed ending for sure.
1: I don't even know where to start. Uh, it's it the entire episode is a tragedy. Yes, it's, it's, it is. It's, it's it's a tragedy, and it's the wedding
2: started as a tragedy. That was <laughs> a tragedy. Maybe that was the, maybe that was the comic relief we were yeah. we were needing. But I'm like, what the hell? I, this is the saddest wedding I've ever seen.
1: The whole episode was filmed like it was a final episode, and that's what was really cool about it. Yeah. And um, my my wife isn't into Star Trek at all. You know, I ask her to watch stuff with me. She's like, no, nah, I don't care. You know, and it's not for everybody. But uh, I remember catching a glimpse of her on the TV screen. Standing behind me watching this episode as huh. it was going on and then she joined me as soon as the scene with Bellana when she turns into your silver uh-huh. goo there uh, she sat down and she watched the rest of the episode with me she wasn't on her phone neither was I which is very strange for her she's always multitasking uh-huh. she put her phone down and she was just sucked into it yep. and I so was I I was sucked into it and I just <clears throat> it's probably one of the only episodes in Voyager that has really done that for me um it's a it, it, great episode, mixed emotions for sure. Years later we're still talking about it. Yeah, so it obviously had a great impact.
0: That I, whole sucked in. It's like the first time that I decided to sit down and give Voyager a chance, I was sucked in like I just I think I mentioned it on the first podcast, so I won't, I won't get too much into it, but it was just like the show grabs you and pulls you in. Mm-hmm.
2: That says a lot for our show. I think uh, I've been meaning to bring this up, but I had to wait until the end of the, the Thank
0: you, Terry, for waiting. Uh, <laughs> well, hold on, what are you, uh, you going to say? Yeah. Well, what is this about? What's this about? Okay,
2: so there's I, I've watched a lot of different shows from a lot of different era and, and whatnot, and in a lot of different shows, they do have some continuation from a past episode, or uh, even if it's not the immediate past episode, they do have some continuation. Often they'll do previously on on this show even if it wasn't previously like recently they'll do that and it kind of reiterates where they're coming from this episode does something that I've not really seen and what it did was it took um, a storyline from 17 or 18 or whatever episodes previous that you'd kind of almost forgotten about even though it was a great episode and then ran with it but what they did was they didn't tell you about it you didn't find out about it until halfway through the the episode that yeah. had anything to do about something like that and in fact if if I hadn't if you hadn't asked us watch these back to back I wouldn't have remembered that they had anything to do with each other and I believe what what the hell is going on and then they had all these different um, missions since then could have been any number of missions that that triggered this so it was a bit of its own uh, mystery, and not many shows have done something like that. And I've, was a I've really never, great I've, nod back to it without slapping you in the face. Yeah, agreed. I've never seen
0: anything like this. I've never seen a show ten months later, a season later, do a continuation episode, which basically this is. Yeah, you can have in in season four, you can follow Demon with this episode. Yeah, and it works. It works. It works just as well. Well, it doesn't work just as well. It works. I think it works better 10 months later Absolutely. when you forget about it. It makes it more impactful because
2: you're just, um, you just assumed good things were happening for the demon Voyager yeah. crew. And, um, you never know, you forgot all about them. Yeah. They lived their life and that was the end of that. But, uh, here we get the, we get the sense that, wow, they brought back something like that. And I love, they always going to give me goosebumps or chills where I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Like, uh, um, I remember that, and it had a big impact on me then. And I'm looking forward to the, yeah. the story now.
1: Um, and what I wanted to add on to what you were saying earlier, Terry, how you would want you wish you would have seen a little more of the duplicate crew when it they were duplicated. Yeah, right? in, in that episode. Knowing now what they w- right. w- were going to happen. I uh, I remember hearing hearing or reading. I can't remember, but when they wrote this episode, they wrote it with the intent that they would eventually revisit this duplicate crew, and one of the uh ideas that was pitched was that it would create almost like a spinoff uh series or or spin-off crew of this duplicate crew yeah and they would have the duplicate crew make it back to earth dealing with shit in the in the alpha quadrant and then you have this other crew still in the delta quadrant yeah and i i thought that would be there was a lot really cool actually there was a did lot that.
2: of room for story oh, they, oh, they could do anything
1: that's the, but I'm I'm almost glad they didn't because this is it was perfect. Yeah, the way it was. they.
2: Well, if they duplicate the crew and make, the, let's say, hold on, because hold they on. have the DNA.
0: Can I interrupt for a second? Sure. Yeah. I just want to do one more thing here. We've got one more thing to do. It's our segment "What If."
1: Oh. Oh,
0: oh yeah yeah. This yeah. is yeah. the part I where we that. speculate on what if this occurred, and the only reason I'm interrupting you is because. Terry, you've been dancing around this the whole episode. So, and you guys are talking about it right now. So I'm just going to interrupt and we're going to get right to what if.
2: Okay. Okay. So...
1: What if
0: So my what if is, and continue talking about this, what if the original crew on the demon planet duplicated themselves before leaving the planet? Could there be continuous cycles of duplication, which would see tens or hundreds or thousands of Voyager ships heading off to other planets? Sorry to interrupt, but you guys were already there. Mm -hmm. So I figured let's just throw this in here because you're already talking about it. Yeah.
2: So uh, several things come to mind. First thing comes to mind, Voyager is special because Voyager is its standalone entity, the crew, the the ship, whatever. Um, as soon as you got dozens of other Voyagers out there, maybe the original Voyager is no longer as special as... as Because now you don't even know when you're looking at the original Voyager, and then you have two dozen Janeways doing whatever they're doing all over the, the, the Delta Quadrant, and uh, it becomes a little bit less special. Um, and it also reminds me, though of um i don't know if you guys ever saw the movie multiplicity with um uh oh uh, michael keaton michael keaton Mm -hmm. and so they make clones of him so one clone ends up being more butch than him the other one ends up being more dainty than him and then they make a clone of a clone and that's where it becomes interesting because the clone of the clone is like mentally handicapped he's (laughs) he's an idiot he's he he does everything wrong and uh so that if they had to do that they're making clones of clones at that point Uh, hold on hold on
0: hold on hold on hold on sure They're making clones of clones. They're not degrading at all, okay? But they're going off in ships. Mm -hmm. The galaxy is a large place. They could go in many different directions, right? And they could be doing many different things. Yes and no. So so like you said...
2: They're all heading home, though.
0: Not necessarily. Not necessarily. This, This one was heading home. Okay. Right? Maybe during the duplication process, maybe they have... Whatever. They have a stronger, like stronger like uh bond with home or something like that maybe who knows what happens this is why we're just talking about it right Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not i'm not stating any lines of like when they're duplicated they're all voyager ships voyager crew and all they're doing is heading home okay i'm talking about what if these duplicates have a crew and a voyager ship and go off into the galaxy and can kind of do what they want what would that look like? Like you you were already saying one of the ships makes it home before Voyager. Mm-hmm. Like that's super cool, right? I would have loved to have seen that where the Voyager crew's still like fifteen light years away and this yeah. and and I mean it could happen because we see in this episode, we see this crew develop an enhanced warp drive, mm-hmm. which seems like the fastest type of travel we've seen Yet in, yeah. in this show. And so
2: a mm. Voyager that makes it back to Earth first, I would have to pre- presume or pre- uh, that they're a Voyager that thinks they're still Voyager and they're going yeah. home. Yeah. And in which case they get home, you're going to have a what the fuck moment where which one's the real one, right? When the second Voyager, the real Voyager oh, for finally sure. shows up. for sure. Right? So
0: what other things like that could happen in this well, situation?
2: A, if they were self-aware of each other and whatnot, it could be another Starfleet with all Voyagers. You know, like you know, you got yeah. two hundred voyagers and uh, you know, yeah. Starfeet's fleet uh, exactly. you you got a
0: fleet of voyagers yeah. like Starcraft. That,
2: so that, that would make, Voyager... that make pretty amazing. Every <laughs> time ships. they need a new ship, they just go back down to the Demon <laughs> Planet and pick up another yeah. uh, replica. That's
1: it's it's really interesting because the duplicate crew in this story, when faced with with what was the word you use, degradation or uh, uh, yeah, when they're dying, mm-hmm. um, Janeway's still sticking to her her the original janeway's you know mentality of we got to get this crew home regardless of what it what it costs what it takes you know mm-hmm. so i would like to believe that the other duplicates might be reading from the same narrative like they're there there's a story this character arc that's imprinted on them and they're going to follow it to the t no matter what it's going to do to the rest of the crew so whether how far would they would go out there in the universe i don't know i mean i
0: like we know that the enhanced warp drive crew this is going to be their fate but what if another crew goes out and they don't do the enhanced warp drive I was just what, what if they go in the opposite direction what if they encounter the borg can the borg assimilate silver blood like what hap- I mean, what happens
1: borg is all about nanotechnology so you never know yeah. i don't
2: know uh that, that's an interesting theory with the borg um but if they don't have that warp that special warp technology, they might have two decades before that, that uh, or a lifetime before that happens. So, and if they don't know their, uh, they don't know their replicants or uh, duplicates. Well, Tom and Tom and uh, and Belana got married. Well, the the outcome of marriage is often children. So, uh, fifty years from now, are there a bunch of silver blooded children? <laughs>
0: like- well, ter- Terry, I'll tell you what. Yes, there are, because at the very beginning of the episode in Janeway's log Mm -hmm. she's talking about how the past several months have been really like nice and there have hasn't been a lot of adventure she says Uh, Ensign Harper had a baby
2: yeah it's been 10 months
0: no no not Naomi Walden Ensign Harper so someone on the ship a duplicate had a baby now it's been 10 months so the gestation period is probably the same. It's probably yep. nine months to have a baby. So these duplicates they can reproduce as well.
2: Yeah, mm. for all intents and purposes, they are what they are. They are whatever they take in the shape of. Yeah. So uh, so then now you have generations of uh, presumably of uh, other silver blooded. Right. Beings. So what are
0: those? What are their memories? Because we know the crew, the the duplicate crew takes on the memories of the Voyager crew. But what does a new duplicate? or like a, um, a the offspring of a duplicate what memories does that have it, it, does it have the silver blood of the planet does it have the the memories of the parents no i'm
1: i'm going to say probably it's, a its baby. own it's, it's a, baby. a baby it's it's going to make its own memories
2: uh there's no way to know yet though like from no, you have like no idea. a baby you'll never know what it remembers right so if it was 20 years old then you would have to see some uh
0: but some... what would what would be interesting what would be interesting to see out of this
2: what would be the most interesting in my mind?
0: Well, what would be something interesting that that, I like the, that could I like come the, of like a crew, a duplicate um, crew heading out somewhere.
2: Oh man. The 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 misunderstandings. Um so crew duplicate yeah. crew A goes to planet gets in some shit with them. Duplicate crew B comes there 6 months later and they're getting shot down because of stuff uh A did or vice versa. They saved the planet and now they're heroes, or whatever it is. So you, you know, think
0: like uh, um, duplicate crews encountering each other, and-
2: uh, or encountering past evidence. Uh, I don't know what show I saw that had that, but uh, the the one guy did something, and then the second guy comes along. Maybe it's a twin, and um, the the first guy pissed somebody off so much that the, that that character wants to slap around the second one that comes and has no no, no idea oh, okay. why it's, it's getting like leaving li-
0: leaving like a track, like yeah, leaving a bad yeah. track like- or a
2: good track, whichever way sure, you want to do sure, yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, so that's a possibility. Yeah, that's interesting. You the, the galaxy's map. Mass- so unless they go all different directions uh they're going to run into each other
0: that's interesting yeah that maybe okay let's let's say that they don't necessarily all start going back to earth but what if they all started going in a different direction like, one after another. And mm-hmm. then you get this you get this story where, yes, this first ship went, something happened, they continue on. The mm-hmm. second ship comes, has to deal with what that sh- first ship yeah, did, they the continue on, and that kind of continues as there's this string yeah. of ships and, and crew going to this location and then moving on. And, yeah, I don't know. It, it could be really interesting. That could be a series, like, on its, on own. its own.
2: Yeah. And uh, the TV show Sliders had something like that because what happened was – Every Earth was Earth, right? But they needed a way to distinguish one from the other. Well, if you have two, two dozen Voyagers, how does anybody distinguish which one's which? They're all the same characters. They're all the same ship. They're all the same everything. And how do you... Even, unless it's like quantum signatures where they all have their own signature, how would you ever know?
0: Oh, here's where it, here's where it climaxes. I've sure. got it. I've got it. I figured it out. After all of the duplicates head out in their Voyager starships, mm-hmm. they all come to one place... And like the transformers of old, they transform, they connect and transform into a giant Voyager ship. And they really blast weird. across the galaxy, taking out Such anything and it's in their path.
2: Three Borg's cubes together. And, and uh, I like that. I, I like that. I like that. That's
0: that's where it goes. Just, the arms are, are Voyagers, the head is a Voyager, <laughs> the legs are Voyagers, and it's walking through space. Uh, <laughs> nothing gets stop. It walks through Borg cubes,
1: uh, it's and may it, may no, may
2: nothing
1: may can stop. If we're throwing out like crazy things, uh, this silver blood stuff um, assim, uh, assimilates, duplicates what it touches. Mm-hmm. What else does that? Borg. Borg, Borg do that? Origin story, Borg. maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm borg maybe originated from some some silver blood on a planet you have to go back in time to do uh, i like that i I like that you could explore it anyway like that all right
0: well i think that's it for us this week thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll catch you next time